I swear to God, I had three openers. <laughs> I don't know why I can't think of anything right now. Oh, uh, so I was a victim of road rage <laughs> this morning. Oh my God. Yeah. Tell me. I'm not shocked. No, why? It fully tracks with your personality. I was the victim. I'm sure. I'm sure. Also, I note didn't the do tone. anything. Note the tone, listeners. How dare you victim How quickly blame. did she raise her voice? Talk to the hand because the face ain't listening. Wow. There, there are, there are not many times where like a grown man mm. will be like so blatantly aggressive with you than mm. when it's like in the car. Oh, for sure. Because they feel safe, safe. They can't hit you. To they do. can't hurt you. Yeah. They're not, they're not, yeah. Yeah. Invading your bubble, your space. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so let's, let's get into it. Yeah. Let's, paint let's paint, paint a, picture a picture for us. Okay. I'm driving behind this giant truck. He's going really slow. So I look and I'm looking for a gap. There's mm -hmm. this huge gap. So this car passes me. I saw the gap, go to start turning, looked back in my mirror, and the car that was like literally like six to eight car lengths away is now like a car length away. Ooh. So he full blown like saw me put my blinker on and was like mad, right? Yeah. So I look in my mirror and he, I I was like bracing to get hit. That's how fast he was going. Oof. So then he goes like a little bit over into the other lane so that now he's like yelling at me in my mirror and he's riding my butt, right? So of course I naturally start going slower because I'm right. like, freak you, bro. Yeah. Um, But I did see the rage in his eye. Mm -hmm. So I chilled out because I can be, I'm a very nice person. Mm-hmm. But I can outsass anyone For if sure. I need to. Yes. Like very few people have lived to like see that side of me. So my my go to is to be like, oh, mm, like make a pouty, like, oh, yeah. you mad? Like because that there's nothing that'll piss off a man yeah. more. Yeah. Um. It, but I instead just kind of looked him dead in the eye and kind of like gave him a like, what are you so mad about, right? Yeah. But then it was so funny because as we're like locked eyes through my mirror, Charlie jumps up in between us. <laughs> and it's just like, <laughs> like head out the window. But it was really intense. And so he ends up like skirting around me and then like books it. But it was just crazy because I'm like, okay, one, the fact that like, did that make you feel more manly? The yeah. fact that you just like, try to like out intimidate this like younger girl you know what I mean probably also too like how sad is it that I had to dim down how sassy I was because I was terrified that he genuinely would like hit your car get out of his car and like hurt me or yeah. follow me I mean like isn't that sad mm -hmm. it's so sad it's but, yeah. stupid road rage is wild I saw a video the other day of I, it's so funny because it said Riverside County, which is where I'm from. Like, and it showed town. this guy on this like big motorcycle and he had these big work boots on and he goes, he drives up to this car and kicks the car with his foot. Obviously like zero damage to the car with his foot. Wasn't that bad. Yeah. The car reacts so violently, hits his bike on purpose, like bumps into the bike really hard. And the bike swerves and then he freaks out because he hit the bike. And so the car ends up hitting the center divider and then it kind of like sparks a little bit. And so it veers into the next lane, hits another car. That car flips. And <gasps> then the original car that caused all this road rage like ended up kind of spiraling around and off to the side. And the whole caption was just like, road rage is pointless. No, <laughs> it I literally was like, is. That was, it was the most exaggerated uh, response to like the tiniest little thing. And obviously I'm sure something happened beforehand to cause the guy to, on the bike to kick the car. But like I, either way, I was like. But it is, if you think <laughs> about like, I don't, I mean, I don't know what they were fighting for. for sure. But like in my circumstance, at worst. Yeah. At worst worst the most i cost this man was like point 
eight, seven seconds of his life. Like, and what's weird about yours is your blinker was on. Like you, no, were, you were clearly trying to get out of the I way. I had enough time. So if he would have just kept going the pace he was going, yeah. I would have easily merged. And then he ended up going into the other lane to make a turn anyway. So I literally cost him yeah. nothing. Yeah. But it was the fact that in that moment, he didn't want me to go and I went. Mm-hmm. And that was his reaction. Like, mm-hmm. I genuinely was like, I'm terrified for any person in your life. Yeah, honestly. Like, I, imagine being married to someone oh, like that. Nope. nope. I'm telling you right now, if I was on a date with a guy and I'm driving in his car and he pulled that crap, mm-hmm. I would literally be like, let me that out. That is such a big red flag. I don't want to talk such to you. Such a big red yeah. flag. Yeah. Doesn't get bigger than that. Nope. Mm. Anyways, mm. I just felt like telling you because that's our hot take. I was, I was scared <laughs> a little bit for my life. Me starting to react and seeing his eyes and being like, I'm not trying to die today. <laughs> not Nothing today. Not, not today. today. No. Anyways, how are you, Ash? Oh, I'm I'm well. I'm so good. <laughs> <laughs> Me last episode. Yes. Uh, we're we're fully in vlogmas. And I, if you guys don't know what Vlogmas is, then uh, you should. It's all. Then you have it's, a it's lot more time on your hands <laughs> than they do. Yeah, um, it's the time in the year when, like, social on socials, you like post daily vlogs, and it's all like holiday content. Yeah. It's super fun. It's a super great fun time to be alive. I'm extra excited about this year because it's been so fun with Alicia and I living together again. Yeah, because last year it was, I had to like go to Alicia's to vlog with her. And it just didn't happen as easily with like the Vlogmas stuff. We did it well the first day and then it just kind of like dwindled. So I'm, yeah. I've been having so much fun this year with just like her being right there and like little like Christmas movies every night and like stuff like that. Dude, it's so much easier to create content yes. when you're around other content creators. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Or just like someone who doesn't mind having a boyfriend who doesn't like to be on camera. Being with people that don't care is such a breath of fresh air because yeah. I'm just like, oh, talk to the camera. Like it's it's just so easy. Like yeah. whenever I'm with you or whenever I'm with Alicia. So um it has been extra fun. So if if you wouldn't mind, go subscribe. XM Sasha Nicole. Hit the bell. Hit watch the, the bell. vlogs. Watch it's the been, vlogs. It's been a blast. I might mess around and do it. Taryn. Wait. I might. We're in it. We're in it, but we're not in it. We're <laughs> recording this a little bit early. Oh, I was talking in it tense but you've been already prepping so it makes sense okay you're not filming you're not cheating but it makes sense well you know what I'm doing this year Um, I'm doing 12 days of vlogmas on my YouTube channel and I'm doing 12 days of vlogmas on socials after oh so are you just going up to the 12th yeah I'm going up to 12 on vlogmas I didn't know that was and then I'm switching it's not I did not make up 12 days of vlogmas I think Sarah Schultz was the first person to do it but I could be wrong um but I did 12 days of Vlogmas last year and loved it. So I'll be doing 12 days of Vlogmas this year. And then I'll be switching and doing 12 days of Vlogmas vertically, like for socials after. So the first 12 days on your vlog channel, this mm-hmm. last 12 days on your TikTok. Correct. Instagram. Yes. Smart. Honestly, I feel like that's brilliant. I, I might, know. I might jump on that, Ash. I know. I felt like it would be, one, a fun change of pace to mm-hmm. be doing things vertically. I've been enjoying talking with a lot of you guys, honestly, um, vertically. Mm-hmm. So wanted to do that, but then I didn't think I could do both at the same time. I was like, no, realistically, yeah, sounds... I can't do that. So I like that I can do 12 and 12. Yeah. Yeah, I, I really have been lagging on YouTube. And um, I feel like I've had a lot of DMs and comments and stuff being like, yeah. when are you going to do YouTube again? So I might I might just like mess around and do it and just see. You should. I do well with like. Okay, like if I, the first time I did Vlogmas, I did not miss one day. Because if I say I'm going to do something, like I'll do it. But I haven't like, I haven't fully said I'm going to do it. But if Until I do. Until just now. But did I though? Oh, see, here's the I thing. I kept saying I might. Don't talk about it like you're going to do it and then not do it. Okay, well, don't call me out like that. <laughs> sure. Sure. Uh, anyways, and come enjoy the Vlogmas season with me on my channel yeah. and kind of maybe possibly Terrence. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, should we get into it? Yeah, let's do it. Let's let's do it. Today's Tearing It Up is titled UA in the Library. Ooh. Hey, ladies. I've sent in a couple emails before, but this literally just happened, and I thought you guys would get a kick out of it. I love this. I am sitting in the library basement at my college. The basement is the, quote, quiet zone. 
with signs everywhere about being quiet and respecting other people. While I was sitting at this little one-person table doing some homework with my favorite podcast, unsolicited advice, of course, wink, wink, playing on my AirPods, I went to scoot the rolling chair in and smacked it into the leg of the table, already making a lot of noise. I turned my head to see if there was anyone else down here that I'd just disrupted, and of course there was. They didn't seem too annoyed, but the quick motion of turning my head paused the podcast, or so I thought. I hit play thinking it would play through my AirPods again, but it didn't. Oh my gosh. It played at all caps, full volume, <laughs> off of my phone, and so it was... <laughs> And it was Ashley saying really loudly, no, and then y'all laughing really hard for the 29th minute of the Q&A episode from July 2022 was the specific episode she was listening to. Wait, what was the, um, what was the, the timestamp? 29th minute. I feel like we should, we should play it. On the July 2022nd episode. Okay. Okay, she clearly doesn't care about, like, my yeah. feelings, yeah. but then you care so much about, like, yeah. our friendship. I'm like, no! <laughs> like, no! Oh, man, that was at full blast? My Ooh. God. I'm sure everyone, like, looked like, wait, what's happening? Yeah, Who's like, talking? in fear, like, something bad happened, yeah, yeah, yeah. possibly. Um, She wraps it up saying... I panicked and paused it as soon as the guy looking at the books looked over at me so confused. Anyways, not a big crazy story, but definitely <sighs> minorly embarrassing. Never again will I just hit play while in the silent basement of the library. <laughs> Much love to you both. Thank you for all that you do. Aww. Ainsley. I love being a part of a tearing it up. I know. I was like, wait, that's so funny that... Yeah. We were the yeah. tearing it up kind We were of, it. You know? We caused yeah. it. We caused it. I love that. Also, what library has a basement? I'm sorry, but hard pass. <laughs> that sounds terrifying. A basement library? There's a secret door that I people I think a lot of libraries die. have basements. Do they? Yeah. That's scary. I feel like uh, I would assume most That's for like scary. storage and stuff. That's like you. Remember he had a basement to keep yeah. the books cold and then he yeah. also. Also, I never finished that show. I didn't watch there the last like one where they're season. in London or something. The season before this last one. I started and didn't finish, and then I didn't even look at this last. Oh, you didn't finish season. the I neighborhood finish one, it. the like suburban one. Yeah, I didn't watch it with the girl love. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I finished that one, but I didn't start this new one. Yeah, I didn't get into it. Yeah, but I will say I'm currently watching Murder at the End of the World. What's that? You'd love it. It's so good. I literally just started it. Um, I was scared to watch it because the trailer seemed spooky, kind of. Yeah. So I told uh, my boyfriend Jackson to, I was like, just watch one episode and like you will know if it's too scary for me. He watched it and he was like, actually, I think it's right up your alley. So I was like, perfect. And then we ended up going to dinner with some friends who also were watching it and they said it was incredible and that I'd love it. So I watched the episodes, all the episodes that are out. It's so good. It's very. It's very suspenseful, mm-hmm. but it's like nine perfect strangers. Oh, okay. Meets yeah, murder mystery. Yeah, kinda. You know. You know what show I'm watching right now? It's called Found. Have you heard of that one? Mm-mm. So it's um freaking Zach from Saved by the Bell, Mark Paul Gosser okay. or whatever. Yeah. Um. So the premise of it is she was a kidnap victim when she was younger. Okay. Now she's older and she has this company with all these other professionals in their fields that basically she started this thing because she felt like no one was looking for her because she was a child of color. Mm -hmm. And so they have this company that goes after people who they feel like the media and the cops aren't doing their job to look for. It's really cool. But the, the twist is she has her kidnapper tied up down in her basement and she brings the cases to him and makes him help her with like how wow. to find them from the mind of like whatever. So it's basically like she's like keep she kidnapped her kidnapper yeah. and is like keeping him down at prison or whatever. Using but his knowledge. Yeah, but it's like all these like playbacks and you're still like like still I've watched a bunch of episodes. I have no idea how she kidnapped him. I have no idea. Like, it's a lot of flashbacks. Fine. And there, it's one of those weird shows where you're like, why do I weirdly feel bad for him? But no, he's an evil yes. person. Yes. Like, so it's 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 a weird premise. You're like, there's lots seeing, of. You're only seeing her evil side. 
without having seen his yet. Well, so it makes you like, feel bad for him, but it's like, no, she's doing what he did to her. Yeah. It's justice. And she is like balancing that too, where she'll start to feel bad, but she then it'll flash back to something he did. Yeah. And then she's like, no, he's a monster. Oh, like I have so to remember good. he's a monster. But nobody in her life or on her team knows about him. So it's like, it's crazy. Ooh, that's good. What what network is that? Um, I think it's on Hulu. And it's very like, it's not like this deep, dark show. It's kind of like... Uh, like you know, like NCIS or like yeah. it kind of like has that feel to it. But okay. I actually, I actually like the premise. That's I think fun. it's unique. Mine's yeah. also on Hulu. So Hulu's been stepping it up. I feel like they they must have been. They, I think they had a lull for a sec, and yeah. now it's like you know. Well, because Netflix, I feel like there's not a lot of shows I'm watching on Netflix, but I am watching a lot of shows on like Hulu, Prime, Agreed. HBO, and it's yeah. gonna be worse because of the strike, which is now over. Yay! Yay. Um, I feel like because of that. I think spring's going to be a big dull season yeah. for like yeah. good shows, true, true, which true. is a bummer. So maybe, maybe true. Maybe space it out. Yeah. There's, <laughs> I, a, but I there's so many shows able that, to, but yes, go yeah, for it. There's so many shows that we can like catch up on, you know, totally. Right, I'm going to go ahead and go into my story. It is titled Proceeding with Caution but Oh So Much Love. Ooh. Very good title. Very, yeah, very well titled. I love a good title. Um, hey Ashley and Taryn, thank you for being part of my Monday routine and I want to applaud you two on staying authentic and letting your heartfelt intentions lead when providing your audience with advice and content. Happy to have the two of you to listen to every week. So sweet. I know. I've wondered for a while if and how I should write in. I'm proudly 30 and a mom to a wonderful two year old boy. I have a stable career as a high school teacher and I am able to provide for the two of us. Without giving our whole backstory, my husband and I have been together for five years. We were friends as teenagers, reconnected as adults, and fell into a love more nurturing and supportive than I knew possible. Things got rocky around the time that our son was born. I started to catch my husband in lies and realized that all responsibility in the household and his well-being fell on me. I supported us financially, even though he was also employed. As the layers of deceit were peeled back and things became scarier, it was revealed that he was struggling with substance abuse. Drug abuse is not something I'm familiar with in my own life, and I'm still working to educate myself. About a year ago... From when I'm writing this, he tried an inpatient rehab, which he left early. He moved back in with me and my son, and he became unreliable again, constantly lying and behaving suspiciously. We tried for a few months until things got scary again, and it became clear to me that the version of this man that I fell in love with was gone. All I want is to create an enjoyable life and a healthy home for my son. I asked my husband to leave, removed him from the lease, and began my role as a single mother. He moved in with his mom, continued to lie and be irresponsible with money, and eventually was asked to leave to go stay with family several states away. Still legally married and praying for a stable son for my father, I grieved the loss of the kind of family I thought we would have together and accepted that I had no idea whether we could ever be back. During the next few months of the grieving process, I still did not file for divorce papers, and we had minimal contact. As we began communicating more, I found out that he was bonding with some family who seemed to be a positive influence. He was learning a new job, going to church, and staying clean. After a few months of living out of state, he told me he would be moving back in with his mom to start fresh. I was in the mindset that I would facilitate his quality time with our son, but I had little to no hope that our marriage would be saved. I was nervous for our first meeting and proceeded with caution. To my surprise, we had a wonderful time, and he was so respectful of my boundaries. He seemed to be himself again. A few meetings later, my walls came down. We got affectionate with each other, and it became clear that I am still very much in love with him. Being on my side of the trauma we have experienced, I was mentally preparing to not be romantic with him again. But I will add here that he has consistently told me that he can only imagine ever being with me and he will do everything he needs to bring us back together. We've talked about the idea that he will not live with my son and I until he has been clean for a full year. 
He is working on communicating more, attending NA meetings, being so sweet and nurturing with our son, and showing me that he cares for me. Clearly, this is an issue that counseling will be necessary for, and although this feels so unknown to me, I know other families have experienced very similar circumstances. I have a support system, resources, and a logical mama bear mind, but I would love any input you ladies would like to add. No specific question, but I think outside perspective and some light on the subject on the pod could benefit other listeners too. Much love, Anonymous. Oh, dude. I just want to take a moment to commend you, yeah. Anonymous, for having such great boundaries. I can't imagine how hard that would be, the position that you're in to watch like the love of your life spiral like that. That's already hard enough, let alone to have a child involved. I think you handled it with so much grace. And I think you handled the whole situation just so well by, by one, kicking him out to 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 take care of himself, mm-hmm. you know, not in a in a mean way, but in a like get your shit together kind of way and protecting your son from that, allowing him to still see your son, but not allowing him to move back in. I love the sober for a full year rule. Like, I, I think... I think you handled that really, really well. Yeah. And I think, I mean, I love that. I think your approach is so brilliant. And I think it's something that we all should do more in our lives because I'm the type of person too. like, I think very logically, I think very psychologically and I'm, I can solve my own problem in my head with ease, right? Like I know exactly why I have the problems I do. I know how to fix them. Um, I am a problem solver, which is why, like, obviously I do well in this podcast, right? Because right, I'm yeah. like, oh, like, what's your issue? Let's go. Like, let's get at it. Mm-hmm. But I think that that can also be an area where we can get trapped in because we are like, oh, I know all the answers. I know what to do. But taking still this open approach of like, but I still am going to educate myself. I'm still going to get outside help and Mm -hmm. I'm still open to hearing what other people have to say. That takes a very strong and confident person. Absolutely. Because what other people, when you open your life and your issues to other people, you, you have to have a bit of confidence in yourself to know one, if they say something that offends me, I'm not going to take it personal because I opened up and I asked them what they thought Two. They could give me awful advice and I have to be okay to be like, thank you for your input, but I'm sticking with what I think is right. So I think it's a it's a hard area, but I love that you came at this with that approach because it's true. I have not had any immediate interactions with someone who has struggled with substance abuse. So I can't even begin to imagine like what that world is, what comes with that, what comes with what it's like to be a partner with someone with an addiction issue. Mm -hmm. Um, I've watched friends go through that and I've seen what helped them and what didn't help them. But I think for you to be seeking what that looks like for other people, because ultimately you're thinking about the safety of yourself and your son is really smart. To be honest, it's really smart. You're handling it so well. I don't even know like what advice to give except to like keep doing what you're doing. No, I, I fully agree. And I think, if, if I were, when I'm hearing your story, I, I immediately, my first advice would be to make sure that you're surrounded by a community who knows what you're going through. I know like, um, what's the group? So there's like AA, but then there's a group for like spouses of, uh, or families of alcoholic Al-Anon. I know from a a very close person in my life that had a husband that was an alcoholic Mm -hmm. that was huge for her because Mm -hmm. not only did she feel supportive but they also like teach you what's going on in the mind of an addict because it's not what we can relate to if you're not an addict you don't know how it feels you know what I mean so um I would really encourage you to get into that you made a you made a comment like you know this this is something that you guys are gonna need therapy I mean I'm a hundred and fifty thousand billion percent. So I would definitely start looking into that. And I, I would almost do it like now because like while you guys are even starting to build back a foundation, um, 
I think that would be something tremendously valuable. The other thing I would say is do not waver on your boundaries. Like mm-hmm. do not like, well, everything's so good. And like if you if you told him, hey, it's going to be a year of being clean before we even think about this, like don't waver Six months in, because it your... sounds like he's already repeated the cycle a couple times. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that's smart of you to to have those hard boundaries in place. And I think like there comes a point where a cycle can't repeat again. So I would make sure that you have people in your life that you are open about and you have the warning signs you're watching for. And you're not just like every day, like asking him to pee in a cup for you, but it's like, you know, cause you, he has to feel like you trust him too. Yeah. Well, he's living with his mom, right? Like yeah, you could yeah, come yeah. up with some kind of, understanding with his mom that she's like keeping an eye on him too and all being honest with you if there is a mess up you know and I think it's okay for him to know that too like this yeah I'm having grace and I'm 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 working on this but it's okay for us to be able to tell people in our lives like hey I'm I'm out I'm out of second chances I'm out of third chances like this is my this is my last like approach with you. Like it's okay to be honest about that, but also you're the only one who knows what you can and can't do. So mm-hmm. if people come to you and are like, "Oh, once an addict, always an addict," you shouldn't trust him. Like they don't know you. They don't know your relationship. So that's what I mean by having like you have to have that really in tune filter of like what you let come in and what you let like permeate yeah. what what your decisions are. You know what I mean? No, absolutely. And I I think, you know, I I mean, this is so random, but like even when you're a mother or becoming a mother, like you join mom groups, you know, whenever, if you're going through some kind of physical therapy, there's groups you can join for that. And I I think it's having that community and that support system is so important. If you, if you don't have that in your immediate friend group or family, then go get it. Yeah. Yeah. I think that'll only help you. And I think a good plan, there was something else I was going to say. Oh, I think if you're doing the year of sobriety, I think once you start getting to like four months away from the year, three months away from the year, maybe that would be a great time to be like, okay, I think he's going to complete it. Maybe let's start doing like couples counseling weekly where we can like not only lay it all out there in front of a counselor to help you sort through it, but to all three of you guys to be able to come together and create a plan of what, when he moves in, like what that'll look like yeah, and, and how you can take steps and still keep an eye on him and be supportive of him with his sobriety. But you don't also want to be his accountability partner. He needs his own and like creating that space where, where you're not responsible for his sobriety, I think is super important and keeping the house a safe place for the kid is obviously super important. And I think that's all those things are things that, a therapist would be able to help you guys do. Yeah. And I think that would be a really imperative and, and huge game changer for you once you get close to that year mark. Otherwise, that, that can feel like a lot of pressure, him moving back No, in. for sure. And I think what's important is you have your support system, but he has to have his. Yes. And um, I do believe, like, you know, people who are, like, clinically, like, alcoholics or are, are struggling with addiction, like, it's something they, they struggle with their whole life. Mm-hmm. So I would make sure that it's not like he's not approaching this in like a honeymoon phase way. Mm-hmm. Like it's not like, oh, I've been sober for All a year, done. so I don't need to go to meetings anymore. I don't need therapy or I don't need people to like check in on me. I think making sure that he on his own like creates his own support system so that he has people keeping him checked. Because if you are his accountability partner and having to like – like that's just a recipe for resentment, like for you to have to be like his mom and like, where are you? Where are you going? You know what I mean? Like that's a lot to put on yourself and him. So I feel like him creating like with people who are trained in that area, a support system is something that's going to be like crucial for like lasting change, you know? Yeah. I'm trying to look it up right now, but um, I highly recommend Dak Shepard has an armchair expert podcast where he this was probably damn this was probably like three years ago but he broke his like 10 oh, years of sobriety yes, that episode's so good we'll we'll confirm which episode it is yeah. but um if you don't know Dak Shepard struggles with sobriety and narcotics specifically and he was like 10 years sober or something like that and broke his sobriety hid it from his family and then comes out on his own podcast and just like lays out how it's been and how tough it was for him and I think 
not only do I think you would really relate to it, but I think you would learn a lot from it on what it's like on on their side because oh, we're talking it was him. Very, it was very eye opening for me. Like I was crying the whole time, like hearing not only like what he was feeling, but also like hearing like how it affected his family and yeah. and how he had to like live with that. So it is very. I mean, it's smart in life in in general to just learn about what another person's perspective looks like. And I think that's so valuable. Especially for those of us that maybe don't struggle with any kind of addiction or specifically narcotics addiction. He had had it for a life, a long time before he became sober. And then obviously 10 years was sober before this break. So, and he goes on to say how this is like his burden in his life and it's not going to go away. And he needs to stop thinking like he's over it or he's fixed from this specific burden and I think that's important that your husband, like, re- remember that. Like, this is something that you're going to have to carry with you and, and check in on daily and, like, work at daily. It's not going to be easy. But, again, I don't want to put – I don't want to explain too much. I feel like you should listen to the episode. Oh, day seven. Day seven. It's called day seven. <laughs> the episode on Armchair Expert, Dax Shepard's podcast, is day seven. And I think uh, you guys would like it. I think it was crazy because, like, there was this part where he was talking about he had, like, an injury from, like, a car crash or something. And so he had pain pills, but it was like his wife um, or his like best friend's responsibility. Like they were the ones that gave him the pill because they know that's an area of weakness. Mm-hmm. So he was allowed one because he was in actual pain. Yeah, that's what I'm saying though, is like sometimes it means like for the rest of your life, like there are going to be things that you have to like be careful how you approach certain situations. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, I know that this is his burden, but if you choose to be in a relationship with someone who struggles like part of that falls on you too Mm -hmm. of being that support for your partner yeah but there are the boundaries as well so I think it's it's something as long as you're very aware of what you're going into you guys both have your support system as you're getting professional help I think I mean I totally believe in redemption and relationships and people so absolutely um I, I would I would see a therapist immediately personally I would say a counselor immediately even to just help you like how to talk to your son yeah with stuff like that um and then I would listen to the Dax Shepard podcast and I know there's other podcasts out there and man I'm just so proud of you for how you've handled it so far and I'm excited for this year and I, and I think I agree with Taryn if you stick to your boundaries and he shows up for each one and, and does it well then I think I think you guys got this yeah I agree um but if not and I don't hope for this, but if not, I hope you're able to um, just do what's best for you and your, your kid. Yeah, yeah. All right, let's go ahead and get into my email. This one is titled Unhappily Ever After? Oof. Question mark. Hi, Taryn and Ashley. I've been a fan of the pod for a few years now, but honestly, never thought I'd ever have a story of my own to send in, dot, dot, dot. But here we are. (laughs) My boyfriend and I have been together for almost one year. The first 10 months of our relationship was long distance while he finished up college 3,000 miles from where we were both from. We were introduced by a mutual friend last year, started talking over the phone, and eventually we met in person. He's my first boyfriend and treats me so, so well. I've never been happier. I always thought I'd never get married or have a family one day, but he has changed all of that, and he's the person I know I want to spend the rest of my life with. Since he moved back to our home state, we've been talking about engagement, and two days ago, he proposed. Wow. So since I'm a Christian and grew up in a traditional household— It was very important to me that he ask my parents for their blessing before proposing. We had both been praying about this and believed engagement was the next step. We decided we were ready to take that step, and my boyfriend talked to my parents a few days before he popped the question. They didn't give him their blessing, but they also didn't forbid us from getting married either. My parents suggested to my boyfriend that we wait to get engaged, but ultimately, we're adults and the decision was ours. They've made it pretty clear that they believe we're too young to get married and that I'm not settled in life yet. And she adds in parentheses, note, I'm almost 21 and work a full-time job, so I didn't have high hopes for the reaction to our engagement. When I told them he proposed, they were livid. They accused me of going behind their backs, called me a liar, said I was making the worst mistake of my life, and forbade my now fiancé from coming to their house. And she adds in parentheses, note, I still live at home. What on earth? 
yeah. Why are they acting so shocked? <laughs> he asked for permission. It's like me being like, oh, I think I'm going to get my ears pierced. And you're like, oh, I think that'll look weird. And then I show up with an earring and you're like, oh, you went behind my back. Um, and here she continues. My parents have made it clear that they are disappointed in me and feel as if I'm trying to ruin my relationship with them. My mother said I had sucked all the joy out of being able to celebrate her daughter's engagement because I went against their wishes for us to wait. It feels like everyone else in my family and circle of friends is happy for us except for them. I'm pretty heartbroken and unsure of where to go from here. My fiance made it clear to them that we aren't rushing into marriage and have decided we want a long engagement, but my parents are still unsupportive and say that they no longer trust us. I know they love me and maybe this is their own twisted way of trying to protect me, but this has hurt me more than anything in the world ever has. I know my fiance and I are ready to take that next step. I'm aware we went against their wishes for us to wait, but at the end of the day, I'm an adult and able to make my own decisions, even if it isn't the decision that they thought I should make. Sorry for such a long-winded email, but I'm at a loss for how to deal with this unsupportive mom and dad who hate the fact that I'm engaged and want nothing to do with my fiance. Any advice for this girl who doesn't know what to do? Even if you guys don't read my story, it was good to get all of this all off my chest. Your guys' podcast has been one of my favorites to listen to anytime I need a distraction or an escape. Thank you for providing your listeners with such a safe space. You guys rock. Wishing you both an amazing upcoming holiday season. Shelby. And yes, you can say my name. Wow. Yikes. That's rough, That man. is so tough. I feel like, ah, uh, that it's just, it's oof. It's not ideal, you know? You you want the love of your life to love your family. And I know that's not always the case. But man, it's just not ideal for them to be like that li- that upset about it. Well, see, that's where I mean, I've heard of people that have just had straight up like their parents are like freaking kooky dukes, like nuts. But like I wonder if in your parents' perspective they genuinely think you're making like the most giant mistake and this is their only way of feeling like they can stop it is like throwing a fit. So Maybe. I would be curious if you ask them like, hey, give me your top three concerns of why you think it's a mistake to get married right now. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't do this like in a heated like no. conversation, but I would be like, hey. Please, you and dad talk, compile your three biggest concerns that you have about us getting married right now. Send me a text, whatever. And then I would like us to all sit down together so you guys can just hear us out and we'll hear you out. Mm -hmm. Because maybe in their mind, they're just thinking of you as, oh my gosh, it's my little 20 20 year old daughter. She's going to jump into this marriage. Like they have no way to provide for themselves. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. I could see them maybe just being like, genuinely terrified that like something's gonna happen so i would be curious to see if if their concerns are something that you're like huh that is a good point yeah let's put thought into that and figure out or if their concerns that you're like y'all we already got this like figured out yeah then maybe if you guys can sit and have like a rational adult conversation with them I mean, even that part, that process of you guys sitting them down and being very like well articulated, here's everything that's like we've already thought about. <laughs> like we mm-hmm. don't need you to like remind us to wipe our butts. Like we've got it, we've got it covered. It would be interesting to see if that kind of changed their tune or if they stick on what they're saying, if it's just clearly like they're pissed because they would do things different. You know what I mean? Yeah, it does feel like they're throwing a tantrum. I don't understand the shock at all, especially being that he asked for permission a few, but like a week ago. If you view your daughter as this like, oh my gosh, like here she goes again. Oh yeah, you're going to get married. Like that's what I'm saying. I feel like they just like don't take her seriously. Which I, I, I guess I, I guess obviously only you know this Shelby, but um. I guess it really depends on your relationship with your parents. I'm a, I, I would assume being a parent, if a boy comes up to me that's been dating my daughter, says he's thinking about marrying her, and my gut reaction was, I don't like this, the second he left, I would be 
going straight to her and being like, what's the plan? What's going on? Like, have you thought this through? Like, that's what I would expect from my mom if she didn't want me to marry someone. You know, she would pull me aside immediately and be like, what's going on? Already in my relationship, she's like, hey, like, what are you guys thinking? And we've had so many conversations Mm -hmm. about that. So I guess my number one question is, have you had those conversations before? I'm going to assume no because of the way your parents reacted. So... I agree with Taryn. If you haven't had any conversation whatsoever about your feelings for him, his feelings for you, like your plan, um, what's going on, like how long you're planning on getting married or how engaged, um, I think they do kind of deserve a, a sit down conversation because even though you are an adult, yeah, it is young. And I will say that for me personally, I think 21 is young. I'm not saying it's not doable. A lot of people get married yeah. young, but I wouldn't be shocked for their concern at your age. I think what you do is prove to them how mature you are by sitting them down and being like, make a cup of coffee, make a pot of tea. Y'all live in the same place. Be sitting in the living room when they get home from work or whatever and just be like, I want to talk. I really didn't appreciate the tantrum that you guys threw. He asked for your permission and that's when I expected your thoughts. Didn't hear from you. So I assumed we were good. You clearly are very upset. I would love a detailed list as to exactly why you're upset. I love how Taryn said that. Like, I want to I want to write it down and see, like, what if there's any valid valid points that you have to make or if this is all just like you're freaking out about my age. Because if this is freaking about freaking out about my age, then let's make let's make an engagement plan. It's going to be long. It's going to be two years. Maybe like when you say long engagement, that's what I imagine is like roughly two years. So. Let's let's make a plan and play, you know, yeah. let's start creating a, a budget. Help me figure this out. You know, I don't want to do this by myself. I'd love my parents to help me. Um, but if they have valid points, be ready to hear them out. Yeah, that's we're again trying to prove to them that we are mature. Yeah. And we can handle getting married. How old is the guy? Does it say? He, Did I miss that? I don't think she said that at all. But I'm assuming a similar age while well, he finished up college 3000 miles away. So if he finished college, he's oh, roughly she, like 22, 25. 23. Oh. <laughs> I'm thinking us. <laughs> we graduated. Very different. Like yeah. Seven years. So, um, I mean, especially for him, getting married right after college is pretty, not yeah, standard, but it's people, very yeah, normal. Yeah. It's very normal. Yeah. I think, honestly, oof, this is rough because I feel like you've got to reflect on, like, how far you're willing to go for this, like, if you guys continue your marriage and that means your family full blown like cuts you off, like, are you okay with that? Mm -hmm. And I think then the conversation needs to happen. And I would be careful. You have to, again, communication, (laughs) it needs to be 50% strategy. You Mm -hmm. have to think about who you're talking to. You know, your parents well, so you know what they're going to respond to. But I would be sitting my parents down and being like, look, you guys literally gave me life. You're my family. Like, you're my mom and dad. I am so incredibly heartbroken because during this time, I'm supposed to be enjoying this with you. Mm -hmm. And you're the people I want by my side supporting me. But I do need to make it clear. I am going to marry him and he is going to be my family now. And I I can't, this hostility can't continue. And if you want to be a part of my life, then you need to figure out a way that we can be productive and like squash this because Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm not going to continue just watching you disrespect him. Um, But that means like you might need to move out. Like you might need to create space. Yeah. So I think there's a lot of things that you just need to really think about. Um, But I would try to get clarity. Like what, what are they really mad about? Yeah. Just because in their ideal world, they think you're too young or is there like, valid reasons like does he not have a job and you don't have a job because then i could see them being like logical that literally you have no money to (laughs) feed yourself or buy apartment or you know is um he wanting you to move super far so maybe it's like emotional for them of like they feel like they're gonna lose you like there's there's lots of things that could cause this kick up of emotion Mm -hmm. so i would really try to get to the bottom of it but then if they continue to disrespect him and create this thing I think they need to see like this is going to continue with or without you and I want you to know that if I have to continue this without you you are like absolutely breaking my heart and like you're putting your daughter through that like 
you cannot like him all you want, but the more that you treat him the way that you do and make me feel like I have to choose, you're hurting me. Yeah. Like you're hurting me. Yeah. I, at your age, I was dating this guy and my mom wasn't a fan of him. And, um, she, she lashed out a lot towards me because of her fear. Look, I can see this now as a wise woman looking yeah. back, you know, um, she was lashing out a lot, a lot towards me and him because of her fear of him taking me away and us getting married and her losing her daughter. Um, and I don't blame her for that fear because I didn't talk to her at that time. Yeah. I didn't share how I wasn't really thinking I was going to marry him. And I, yeah, I liked him, but I wasn't in love with him. If I had shared that with him, with her, <laughs> I probably should have shared that with him too. If I had <laughs> shared that with her, she wouldn't have freaked out as much. Yeah, She would have been like, oh, okay. So it's not serious, you know? She probably would have then been like, you should probably tell him that, you know? But like, if I had just opened up the tiniest bit, she would have been like, noted. I'll bet, I'm, I'm not scared anymore. But she was so scared because I wouldn't tell this? her anything. Really? Yeah, and I was 20, I was exactly this age. <laughs> That's surprising. I would have thought it was your other ex that she'd have more of a problem with. No. Interesting. But hmm. my other ex was um, very, he was just like, he was very, what's the word? Non-confrontational and just mellow. like mellow. Didn't, yeah. didn't cause trouble. Didn't voice his opinion very much. Whereas did, bleep it, Michaela. Um, and I think she would like note that and they often like kind of butted heads a little bit. Never in a horrible way, but they would just like, he would disagree and he'd say it. Oof. And she hated that. Yeah. <laughs> and me being a nine, I was like, skirt out of the room. Can't be here. You know? Yeah. Um, so anyways, long story short, I don't blame your parents for freaking out if there is no form of communication happening between the two of you guys. I think I saw that with me and my mom. And I think I can kind of sense that that might be what's happening here. So I think exactly, you should do exactly what Taryn said. Sit them down, make coffee or tea or whatever, and be the adult that you are and explain to them what's going on in your life, what you want, what your desires are, what your plans are. And then you also have to be the adult and hear them out. I'm telling you, there's something to, if you pay attention introspectively like yourself, if you're reacting certain ways, but other people, I swear the things that you're confident you're doing the right thing, you have no problem, problem, <laughs> problem, um, explaining to someone why you're doing what you're doing. Mm -hmm. But the things that you get ultra defensive on mm -hmm. are the things that you're not quite sure and you get very like deflective. So I feel like if someone asks me a genuine question because they're concerned, and I know what I'm doing is right, I don't have a problem answering questions yeah. and being like, okay, first of all, I don't know why you're so upset, but yeah, yeah let's talk about it, yeah. right? But you best believe if I'm doing something I know I'm not supposed to, I'm gonna be super defensive. I'm gonna be like, Voice how dare you ask me? There's gonna be tone. Exactly. So I think that all of us, our little antenna should go up mm -hmm. if we react way bigger than needed yeah. and also if someone else does. Yeah. And I think for me, when I've seen some of my friends do that, I I get very observant and I'm like, ooh, what's, what's really going on yeah. here? Like, why are you feeling so defensive? And I usually will soften and be like, hey, I'm a safe person. Like, I'm asking you because I genuinely love you. I'm not passing judgment yeah. I've, I genuinely I have to ask you these questions because I love you yeah. um, and then usually like it, it calms down a little bit yeah. but it's it's very interesting if you if you really pay attention to people there's a lot of like cues yeah. that you can see so yeah. I just would be curious about that and because we're obviously on your side anonymous yeah. or no Shelby <laughs> unless unless girl you're not telling us anything. <laughs> yeah. But I, I, I'm just kidding. I'm as just kidding. our listener and the, uh, the writer in, we want what's best for you, yeah. obviously. And we're rooting for you here. So I think your number one game plan, obviously do what we already said, but be the adult. Yeah. Prove to them that you're an adult. And that includes hearing out what they have to say and really thinking about it and like taking that information and letting it marinate for a bit. Yeah. And if they have valid points, no one's saying don't marry him. Just don't get engaged yet, you know? 
just or make it a super long engagement where you do couples therapy and you really talk about like and what like life's going to look like a long engagement that has bookmark like yeah. chapter marks like yeah we're we're engaged but we know like by this time mm-hmm. we're going to do this and we're also planning on this like yep. I think that's fine another thing I would say I feel like sometimes like we forget to check on guys mm-hmm. about how they're feeling and it cannot be easy for your fiance to be feeling this from some people who are supposed to be family Mm -hmm. um also as a man who is supposed to like provide and take care of someone the fact that her parents don't trust that he could do that so i would be really i would be really intentional about the way that you check in on him like yeah there's times you can be like oh god they're so annoying they suck you know Mm -hmm. but i think there's also times that you should really check in and be like hey i'm really sorry they're talking to you like that like Mm -hmm. are you okay like I want to make sure you're okay. Like, I don't want to put you in this like form of like constant, like verbal abuse from them. Like check in with him, make sure he feels secure in like your relationship with him. Um, and that you've got his back. Like yeah. you're on his side. Cause bouncing, that's sorry. rough. Yeah. Bouncing off of that. I would maybe have a meeting with them first. Just the three of you guys. Yeah. And get out. You the, don't always get have out to the subject, tough stuff, you know, get yeah. out, get out the, do you not like him? Tell me why. Like, yeah, give me, because you don't want to do that in front of someone, obviously. No, and you don't have to go to him and tell him every awful thing they said. No, like he doesn't need to hear that. Yeah. No. Yeah. Be so, productive. Yeah. yeah. Sit down with the three of them, the two of them, have a conversation and really hash out like what it is. Is it against him? Is it against you? Is it against something specific? The work, the money thing. Really figure that out. And then assuming that this moves forward and you're like, okay, I, I am still planning on marrying him. I would love for all of us to sit down and have a mature conversation about what this engagement is going to look like, then you can bring him in. But like hash out all the mean, possibly mean stuff um, yeah. away from him so that he doesn't have to hear that. Yeah. That's tough. Ugh, I just like, ugh, I yeah, do not man. envy that, man. No, that's rough. That really is such a bummer. But yeah. um, I love that you found love and yeah. I love, um, I I really hope this works out for you guys. Um, I really hope you were taking notes because I feel like Taryn and I gave you a lot. But I think this is going to be really productive for you as an individual also just to be able to like stand up to your parents and mm-hmm. be like, let's have a mature adult conversation. Agreed. Um, and for them to also like treat you as one. Agreed. So. Yeah. Good luck. Good luck, man. Please update us because I'm very invested. Yeah. Good luck and congratulations. Congrats on your engagement if no one's told you. Yeah. If everyone's being dumb about it, congrats. We're happy for you. Also, just be smart too. That's yeah. okay to do. Yeah. Yeah. We yeah. got you. Um, okay. Shall we end with a dad joke? We shall. All right. How do you get a good price on a sled? You sl- I don't know. You have toboggan. Ah. Toboggan. <laughs> I'm so Boston, you know? Boston. Um, Guys, thank you so much for making it to the dad joke. If you did, we love you the mostest. Mm -hmm. Um, We have merch available at our storefront. So check that out and get yours while the The getting getting is good good to (laughs) be got. What's that phrase? Also, we have our Supercast subscription where you can get more of Taryn and I if you want more of it. So check that out as well. If you have a story that you're sitting on that you want to share with us or something you need advice on, then email us at what's our email, Taryn? Advice unsolicited pod at gmail.com. Definitely do that. And send in Taryn it ups too because we love a good laugh. Yeah, we do. We love you all. Be nice to people, please. Especially your daughters that just got married. And kill your dad. Okay, bye. Engage. Okay, bye.